let's get into this word. Uh, again, this uh, topic is small beginnings. We're going to start 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16. And I'm going to start reading here at verse 1. Uh, something we talked about last week, but uh, we'll just get into it this week. It says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? It says, Fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have, prov for I have provided me a king among the sons, among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go if Saul hear it? He will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I named unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and he came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming. What a man of God. And said, Cometh thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves, set yourselves apart, and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass, when they were come, he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his count on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So even the man of God can be tempted to be seeing things from the outside. We knew he was powerful based on the way they responded to him when he came into the town. Verse 8, Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this. And Jesse made Shammah to pass by. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this. And again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. Obviously, the first few were the ones that were special because they didn't even mention the other four sons. Right? He says, uh, and uh, The Lord has not chosen these. Verse 11. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. Now Jesse didn't even consider him to bring him to the consideration. And as Samuel said unto Jesse, Sin and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come thither. Hither. And he sent and brought him in, and now he was ruddy, and with the, of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil, and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And so Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Verse 14. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Look, at the same time, it came upon David, but it departed, departed from Saul. Look, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a, who is a cunning player on a harp, 
And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. So they knew there's something about creating an atmosphere of worship to drive that evil out. There's something about being an atmosphere of worship to drive the evil out. They said it like a matter of fact. And Saul said unto thy servants, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. And then then Aaron to one of the servants and said, behold, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is a cunning, that is cunning and plain, that, that he's thorough, he, he has skills, and, my, and, and a mighty valiant man, a man of war, and prudent matters, and comely person, Look, look, and the Lord is with him. All right, so this is this is the breakdown of David. You know, we've talked about David. You know, y'all know David's my mentor, but this is this is the breakdown. But this is a process of David actually uh, transitioning from preparation and wilderness. You know, going through various tests in his life, uh, silent years behind the scenes. Uh, not a whole lot of accolades and anything like that, but the, but God decided to move on what he designed for him to do. So David is, is being transitioned from small beginnings into a platform. He's being tra trans transitioned from, from small beginnings. Now, none of his, he's in small beginnings, but none of his transition, he had anything to do with it. It wasn't by his might or by his hand. David didn't go, you know what, it's about a little time that I get up out of this 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 wilderness here. So what I'm gonna do is uh, give give uh, Samuel a call, and tell him to come by and anoint me. <laughs> it, 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 it didn't work like that. You know, David still uh, he uh, oh look look when the Son of Man comes, shall he find uh, you faithful on the earth? He was found faithful. So he wasn't getting ready when he was found. He was ever ready, right? You have that. I so 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 here it is. David's behind the scenes, a, a, a sheep herder, and and you know we know some of the the story of David with Goliath, right? We talked about that last week. How you know he just was in the area, you know, bringing uh some sandwiches, right? <laughs> and uh, and basically he he saw you know some some somebody blaspheming God, so a holy indignation came over him, right? Um, and so. When David was saying I would go fight, they all questioned him because they hadn't seen him operating in war. They hadn't seen him in battles. And so he his resume was the test that he experienced behind the scenes. He said, you know, you know, the the lion and the bear test, right? So God's preparation was 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 higher and equipped him to have more faith to deal with Goliath than man's preparation of war. But Amelia said something last week. She said David valued the sheep more than his own life. So so look, look. In his preparation, he had to be willing to risk his life to save a sheep. So surely he was willing to risk his life to save a people. Right? And I think about that like with Jesus. Jesus risked his life to save all of us. So, so. It seems to me the people that are called from behind the scenes and, and called from 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 uh, small beginnings are people that's willing to give their life for God's people. Right? As the scripture says, uh, a person that's trying to save his life will lose it, but the person that's willing to lose his life will save it. Right? 
And see, see, because our life is in what we're willing to lose, not what we're trying to hold on to. <laughs> right? Our life is in what we're willing to lose. So think about what's... Now, when it says save your life, we know about your physical life. We get that. But sometimes it's what we're using to sustain our life. It could be our pleasures. Could be our pleasures. Could be these things that... It could be our... Are, uh, the things that we've deemed as important it could be our protocols it could be our pride it could be our philosophies it could be our degrees right it could be our family it's what, what, what are we holding on to that we're not willing to let go to God so we can get all that God has now in this particular case with David it was his life right Jesus it was his life right but I, but I would want to say it's our life. The scripture tells us what? To present our life as a living sacrifice. You know, that's the start. That's, that's the start of our small beginnings. But we're giving our life away to gain the life that God has for us. Does that make sense? All right. So, so just to keep that in mind. So, um, and, and Lewis said something also last week. He was talking about the difference between uh, being anointed and announced. Right? You can be anointed, but you're not necessarily announced. David was behind the scenes; he was anointed, but just look, look. But it was small beginnings. See, small beginnings don't mean you ain't anointed. God just hasn't given you your platform. Or, or Lewis gave the point of being announced, right? He broke down some other things within the uh, that little piece he shared, which he had shared before. But that was uh, I just thought I. I emphasize that because that stood out. Even Pastor Mel said last week, she mentioned the scripture, suffer the little children for such is the kingdom of God. Tells us small beginnings. So think about it. Like a lot of times you can almost, you can take kids for granted. Right? Because they haven't become. There's something in our nature that gravitates to people that have become already. And it's something, but it's something in our spirit that gravitates to people that haven't become but you see them as if they're there already. You see what I'm saying? There's something in our nature that when people come around and they have an anointing no matter what age, no matter what place or what station, you, you're pulled to serve them as if they're royalty. But there's something in our flesh that can't see it and can almost take royalty for granted right in front of you. To be right in your house. You know, there's people, the scripture says in John chapter 1, Jesus came into his own and they received him not. We're talking about the. When you, in a dictionary under royalty, it could be a picture of Jesus. <laughs> like, no explanation, just Jesus right there. And he came into his own small beginnings now in the earth realm. And it, people just, dude, like, what you want? Like, why are you talking like that? You tripping? Remember, I, I was sharing this with uh, with uh, I don't know. We talked so much. It could have been my wife or somebody. I was having a conversation. We was talking about. Uh, I've been talking to one of the guys that I grew up with. That was my best friend growing up. And I remember, uh, and I might have having this conversation with my sister, or with you. <laughs> but but in this conversation, we were talking about how like you you could be around people for years, but you really don't know them. And, so, and you have, when you're young, there's so much activity going on, you really don't even try to know. 
As long as everybody's participating in activity, you're gonna be at the, the playground tomorrow. You coming to the gym? Hey, you gonna you you gonna be at the party? Long as there's things going on, and everybody that's that's harmonizing, they're wearing the right things. You know what I'm saying? They they talk the right way. They have the slang. They're allowed to be involved in that environment. But nobody really knows each other. You could be around each other for years. So uh, later on in life, I had left, went to college, played ball and all that stuff. And, you know, uh, then I started working in upstate New York. So you guys, I assisted my growing up best friend to get a job. We hadn't been around each other because I, I left uh, Newark for that particular. Well, I wasn't that far away, but I went to college and stayed in that environment. So... We were having a transparent conversation. Because then we're in New York, we're working with juveniles, you're learning about your life. And in the conversation, he said, you know what, uh, growing up, he said, Keith, I ain't even like you. Now, this is growing up, this is supposed to be my best friend. Right? He said, I ain't even like you. So I'm sitting there now, and I'm, I'm mature. I'm we're going to talk about maturity in a second. I'm a little more mature. So I was eating it. You know, I, I didn't get defensive or nothing like that. I was just curious. I said, really? He said, yeah, because... We felt, so now he's saying, we, I didn't like, he said, we felt you thought you knew everything. And so my response to him was this. I said, well, really, I just knew not to talk about things I didn't know. I only talked about what I believed I knew about. So my, my ratio of knowing what I'm talking about is going to be a lot higher. But let's say if I'm always talking. Well, there's going to be some things I don't know what I'm talking about. But I wouldn't open my mouth if I didn't know what I was talking about. Now, me and this guy was together all this time, and guess what? He didn't even know. I didn't know him, because I, I didn't know all of him. I didn't know he ain't like me. I probably wouldn't have been around him. <laughs> right? And there was things he didn't know about me. Actually, a lot of people didn't know I was part of a foster, foster parent. I mean, at all that time, for 17 years, I told them that those were my grandparents, because in the hood, it ain't cool you know, you, 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 you can't, listen, I saw how they treated the people that was adopted, it'd be like, oh, you ain't got no parents, like, Newark was not, like, kind, you know, oh, you ain't got no parents, like, and it would be like, this person was less than because he had no parents, so I was like, well, I ain't telling nobody that these ain't my parents, and one time, somebody, uh, person I called my cousin, you going to see this video, he was, he almost slipped and told, well, he fit. He was like, oh, no, 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 no. He, he's the foster child. I said, so, no, they didn't tell you. Because like, we young, right? And I was older. You, you don't remember this. He, I said, no, see, they didn't really tell you. They're really my grandparents, but, you, you know, you just didn't know. I put a spin on it. I was, you know, I was good at, you know, listening. Because <laughs> I was like, if this gets out, I'm going to be the joke now. Well, guess what? All that time, a lot of people didn't know. I tell, talk to people now from Jersey, and I'm like, well, you know, I, when I was growing up, those weren't my parents on Goldsmith Avenue. They say, like, really? <laughs> I just talked to my best friend's dad last week. He didn't know my uncle, who he he went to uh, college and everything with, was my uncle. He said, he said, man, we cool. He said, when you talk to your uncle, tell him I said, he said, that's your uncle. He was my best friend's dad, right? What I'm saying is like. So behind the scenes, there's some things people just don't know growing up in the small beginnings. People can just take you for granted. Some people I talk to now, they're like, man, I, just, I ain't even know. Actually, uh, the, uh, we was at uh, my family's house and one of the young ladies went to high school. She was like, now we went to the same high school. 
She said, is that the yearbook? She was like, hey, let's go to the yearbook. She said, you ain't in a whole lot of activities. I said, when you grow up with foster parents and you're struggling through, you don't have the money to participate in activities. So I went to the same school, but I'm behind the scenes. Some people ain't paying me no mind. But that doesn't mean I didn't have no value. You see what I'm saying? Some of these kids are behind the scenes. That don't mean they ain't valuable. Right? I keep that in mind, right? I so, so we're talking about small beginners here. And we talked about that story of David, right? And how he was valuable tending the sheep. More valuable than people even saw. So it's not just valuing your small beginnings, right? But it's having God's lenses to see the greatness in the small beginnings of others around you. So it's not just valuing your small beginnings, but it's looking through God's lenses to value the people around you. Let's go to Philippians 2 real quick. Philippians 2. Now the scripture says don't despise small beginnings, right? But it's not just talking about your small beginnings. We always, see, we're going to get into this in a second. Every time we hear something, all we think about is us all the time. What's going to benefit us? Right? But look at the scripture in Philippians 2. Now, now y'all going to have to bear with me today because the Lord made me grab my old Bible out of my office and I done writ, wrote, written, wrote all through this thing. So sometimes it's hard to read. You should see this thing. Ed, you should see this. This, 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 this thing is a mess. <laughs> right. All right, so Philippians 2, verse 3. It says, uh, let nothing be done through strife, striving, or vainglory, selfishness, Right? It says, but in lowliness of mind. That word lowliness of mind there means in humility. It says, but in, in humility let each esteem other better than themselves. Right? It says, let nothing, not one thing be done through strife, striving, just get your way. Let nothing be done through vainglory, all about you. It says, but in lowliness of mind and humility, that means emptying of yourself, it says, let each esteem other better than themselves, right? Look at verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Now, if that's the only scripture in the Bible, how, how, how are we measuring up? How are we measure up this week? How are we measure up just an hour ago? Right? So say again, because if, if, you, if you're doing things through strife fighting for yours or vain glory you're going to lose sight of all the valuable small beginnings around you that's essential to your life because let's say if your life is about sowing a seed to reap a harvest you got to recognize the right soil to sow the seed into so suppose that person around you is the soil you're supposed to seed into scripture says be faithful in that which is another man's and God will give you your own Suppose what you're supposed to be faithful in is the person that's small now around you. I have a friend. Uh, he he played. Uh, we all played college basketball. He played in the same conference, and so there's a young man in our city that he saw. He was just out there in the street, and he wanted to help him out. So what he did was he brought him into the Y, and he helped him with his game. Well, this guy goes on to play in the NBA. So he goes on to play in the NBA, but he needed an agent. So who he select? He selected this guy that was that valued him before he became. He was just in the streets. 
Well, this guy becomes an agent. People see how he's treating this guy. And then it's like, hey, want to be my agent too. So now for 10 years, he's an agent in the NBA. He didn't, he didn't go to school to be an agent. He didn't talk about it. Matter of fact, he's a professor at a college in, uh, in that area too. I didn't want to indicate who you were. You know what I'm talking about. Right? And he has a condo out here. You know, but that he got all this start through being faithful in somebody's small beginnings before they became big. Right? He valued them. See, so the, the guy trusted him. Why? Well, he valued me before I had anything. So I know he has value for me when I have stuff. It ain't about who I am and what I have. It's about, no, it ain't about what I have and what I'm doing. It's about who I am. Does that make sense? So, so, so what's, what's the small beginnings around you, right? So you have that? So, so, so you want to, uh, this is the thing. Um, a lot of times we want to be seen for where we're going or what we uh, can truly be. All of us want to want to be seen for where we're going or what we can truly be. You know, when we're on a job, we're at the ministry, we're on a team, we're in business, we want everybody to know that some of us, all we do is talk about what we're capable of doing because you don't want to be disregarded, right? But basically, you're striving. Hey, 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 I'm somebody. Hey, 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 I can do this. Hey, hey, hey. But we're not following David, are we? Because David wasn't around the king or nobody to go, hey, 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 I did this. Hey, 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 I did that. He had to trust God, right? But this is how we do this. This is how we want to operate, right? And the thing is, so we want to be seen. We want people to value us. We want people to consider us. But my question is this. If that's what we want to reap, is that what we're sowing? And what I mean by that is, we want to be seen, but are we seeing the greatness in those right in front of our face? Just say, we want to be seen, but are we seeing? Because you reap what you sow. If you're ignoring or, or too busy to pay attention to the small beginners around you, why should somebody pay attention to your small beginnings? You're not considering nobody, but you want to be considered. Something's wrong with that picture, don't you think? That, that would be amen. <laughs> I'm just playing. You know, you had, that's not fair. You can't be cheerleading the amen. Huh? You know, enticing amens, you know. That would be manipulation, right? All right, so Galatians 6. Okay. Now I'm getting to a place where some things might not even be in this Bible. <laughs> some of the pages that came out of this bad boy. Okay. Oh, what? Galatians is here. Okay. All right. So Galatians 6, verse 7. It says, be not deceived. Galatians 6, verse 7. I'm sorry. I'll give you time to get there. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever, for whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall also reap. So, so God doesn't have to babysit you. Your, your, Seeds that you sow is babysitting you. Right? So so God doesn't have to go, man, I hope they handle the business because you're going to read what you sow. It's a system. Ignore 
people around you or take people for granted. You're going to be taken for granted. In some cases when you really need to be considered. Right? Verse 8. It says, For he that soweth to the flesh shall also reap of the of, uh, shall." shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. It says, let us not be weary of well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not, if we don't give up. So, so a part of well-doing is being considerate, valuing everyone, esteeming others better than yourself, right? Evaluing the small beginnings around you. We talked about it last week, having no respecter of persons. Everybody's valuable. Right? Remember, we talked about last week that uh, when Jesus talked about the person with the gay clothing or the, the you know, was dressed to a, t to a hilt and they, they gave them a great seat, but the person that didn't look like they was paid, they kind of paid them no mind. Right? But this is saying esteem each, each better than yourself. Right? Consider that person. I mean, there's people now, some of us are older, there's people now that, that was considered the nerd or the goofball, or this, that, and the other. Right now, some people in this room need to ask that person for a job. They, they, got, they, they got a good interview by that person. I worked with in corrections or juveniles for the longest. I said, listen, man. Don't worry about if people think you're corny, you're weak, that and the other. What you do is keep a pad with you and start taking their names down. Because those are all the people that's going to be asking you for a job. <laughs> right? I said, you don't even have to worry about it. You could be, I'm weak. I mean, actually, we were talking about this last night. You know, Buying, like sitting behind the scenes, being patient, buying time. Uh, well, well, I said it. I, I was instructed that it wasn't foolish, but almost looking stupid on the front, on the, on the front end, seemingly stupid. What you're doing is not stupid, but seemingly stupid, knowing that your small beginnings, God's going to get you somewhere. It ain't your fault that people are taking you for granted in the early stages, right? You got me. Y'all still here with me? See, this is the thing. When you recognize small beginnings now, you're sowing your service in the great soil, expecting an enlarged harvest. See, the great soil doesn't always look like great soil on the front end. Matter of fact, if you roll up on soil right now, it looks like dirt. <laughs> right? Right? But if you sow the right thing into that dirt, that whole property can change lives. It's people right now, like right now, because we we in the south now, right? We we in the south right now. Because I be driving now, and I be like, that's that person's house, and that's their property. So they have a gate, and it might be four five hundred acres, and you just see the house like way back there somewhere, four or five acres. Yeah, but and and then right next to it, you see corn or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like these people have been rolling because. They value dirt. <laughs> Y'all didn't even hear this. <laughs> See? They value dirt. <laughs> See? They saw a harvest in the dirt. Okay. All right. Just, just, just stay with me. Stay. <laughs> so, I was thinking about this. We had this conversation. So, this guy right here is good that you showed up tonight because you had to be used. This is my prop. So, so uh, I did Bible study at, well, a few places. I did it at Ohio State, but I also did it at Capitol. Ohio State was with players only, but football players only, but Capitol was student, student body. And so we started out, you know, we, uh, 
it was some it was a student that used to go there. Jason, I give you props. And he's like, well, you just talked. So I had offered to all the, the congregation. They said we want to start campus studies. The ministry was called Inside Stuff Campus Ministries. And I said, so if anybody want to start a Bible study on campus, just let us know. So Jason comes to me. He says, well, we, I used to have a Bible study. It just didn't kick off the ground. Could we do a Bible study at Capitol? So we go to Capitol. We do it. Students come. Uh, started out with the little small circle, and it just kept growing and growing and growing. So each year, you have to have a student to be a liaison on campus. I don't know how it is in North Carolina, but that's how it is in Ohio. So it's not like I just roll up on campus, we're doing Bible study. No, if a student is not there to facilitate the, the, uh, the building, to, you know, to be the liaison, I just can't roll on campus. So every year, I had to believe God that a student would be available. Just like when I was at Ohio State, every year, I had to believe that they called me back. You know, the, the, the people who was in charge. Like, I couldn't just roll up in, on that facility. So I was like, hey, they might call me back. They might not. <laughs> you know, this might be the last year I'm doing Bible study. Capital, uh, same thing. It might be the last year I'm doing Bible study. But for 12 straight years until I moved here, from 98 to 2010, I did Bible study in both campuses. Well, he was the student that, that the baton was passed, passed to. And he showed up as a seven-day Adventist. First two Bible studies, cried like a baby. Right? Then I ended up talking to his, his girlfriend at the time. She came in line, was asking about, well, how do you talk to somebody that's a, you're a Christian and they're a seven-day Adventist? And so I, I, now I don't know. He's, he's in the back waiting. So I'm thinking he's in line like everybody else. So I'm talking to her and I told her the truth. By the time he comes up, he goes, well, I'm the person she was talking about. <laughs> I was like, thank God I said the right things, right? So we end up establishing a relationship. Of course, he he's no longer Seventh Day Adventist. You figure that out, right? So so we're doing Bible study. He's the guy now on campus. So he calls up one day and says, "Hey, uh, Pastor Keith, I just want to let you know it's finals. Uh, most of the students have finals. Right now, I'm the only one here. I said, okay, I'll be there in five minutes. So I get there and he goes, I got a question. Can I ask you something? Why did you come? I told you I was the only one here. This is a true story, right? I said, well. I don't care if it's one or 1,000. Who's to say you're not the next Billy Graham? Close to that, right? It might have been exact, but close to that. <laughs> What's the point there? The point there is he was worth it. No, no, but this is my whole point. He didn't. There was nothing he could give me. But he was that valuable. There was no art. Listen, at that time, when I ministered at the church, there was thousands in there. It's one person. A lot of the other people, I'm going to put this on video, a lot of other people, when, when, when we lined them up to be a part of the, the capital, they wouldn't show up. Because for some of them, it wasn't the thousands in, at the building. Ain't nobody going to see them on campus. But it never changed for me. I don't care what the venue was, everybody's valuable, okay? All right, so keep that in mind. Okay, all right, so, all right, so, 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 okay, let me, <laughs> let me breathe. Uh, Jamal was teaching uh, one of the fast weeks, and he said this. He said, uh, some of us are waiting on the big give, the big give. So we're waiting for the, the opportunity for the big give, the impact give, as opposed to giving to the person right in front of you. 
Listen, so we're not just talking about money. You have this, this great revelation. So you, see, y'all messed me up with this because I can't go behind the scenes now because I got, I got lights over here. Let's see if I go, y'all slip on this side, right? Can't, can't tear up the, the, you know, the arrangement. So some of us are behind the scenes going, I'm going to hold this. Yeah, I got this. Yeah, yeah. One day when I have this big platform, I'm going to share this revelation. Or one day when I have this great opportunity, you know, this idea, I'm going to share this. I'm going to hold this for when I have the opportunity to use this idea to blow up. I'm going to keep it to myself. So then we're around God's house and good ground. And we're going, Oh, hold on this 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 I look looks like close to what they're doing is is it's my baby it's my baby just keep on that but suppose that's your small beginnings suppose that's your seed you're supposed to sow so I give you an example I had this idea uh, I don't know why this company did this but I worked for this corrections and it was I went to every training that's how I got a lot of certifications they offer training I'm there you know I like like <laughs> I don't care what it was. It was hostage negotiations. I didn't want to negotiate no hostages, but it was training. I was there. Advanced hostage negotiations. I went there. I just went to everything. So they sent me to a training. I'm like, this ain't no training. They're teaching you how to start your own business doing personal training. Why would you send me here? I'm ready to leave the job. And I got an idea for, uh, for uh, uh, a camp where I would do personal training, teach them basketball, but, well, of course, we're going to get the word. Right, it was called the Ayers program. At first, it was called Cam and M Skills Development. King masterminded Keith, Melanie, and Mondale. And the logo was a uh, speaking to David. It was a slingshot instead of the this rock. It was a basketball slinging to a, ba a backboard. And and he endowed them with understanding with the scripture, right? So, but I kept, I was stuck. I was like, should I go profit, non-profit, this, that, and the other? I put together everything to solicit the different foundations, Carnegie, different, all these philanthropists. And I, I said, well, Lord, why am I stuck? He said, I never gave you that for you. That ain't your harvest. That's a seed for the kingdom. So I went to the pastor and I said, well, listen, I, this is something I just love to do. Now, if I really love to do it, it, it ain't about me, right? I said, this is something I love to do. I said, Keep it real. We just do it at the church. I said, I just want to do it. He said, and then that's when he told me, he said, Keith, he drew this picture. I shared this with you before. It was a dot. He says, the dot is you against the world with your anointing. He says, when you take your dot and you attach it to the, the, the church, now you have the corporate anointing back in what you're doing. But the church is connected to the body of Christ. Now you have the body of Christ and the corporate anointing back in what you're doing. But the body of Christ is connected to God himself. He says, so now you have all this backing what you're doing. So we did... I shifted from King Mastermind to the Ayers program, H-E-A-R, Hoop and Expression in a Royal Rap Session, and we did it for 13 years. All types of uh, kids, youth, what have you. Um, I can tell you some of these stories another time. But what I'm saying is, it didn't stop. Look, look, that was a seed song. Right? The harvesters were part of a church. This is what God had planned the whole time. But I could have cheated everything that God planned for my life, holding on to waiting for this opportunity to do this basketball camp. All right? So, okay. All right. You got me? You with me? 
so so that's why the scripture talks about Matthew six six four. It says, you know, um, you know what you do in secret, God will reward you openly. So giving in secret, or when you're behind the scenes, or when you don't have a big stage, before the individual or the ministry that you're giving to blows up, lets God reward you openly on a blown up platform. Did y'all get that? So the small beginnings is, is only behind the scenes because everybody don't know. Right? There's a community of people know, but everybody don't know. But when you do that, in that at that level, God puts you on a platform. Look, look, David gave in secret. He took care of the sheep that nobody was considering. Privately, no platform. But God, God put him on a place where he had a platform to take out Goliath. Then put him on another place where he had a platform to take out tens of thousands. Then put him on another platform where he was king of all of Israel. Put him on another platform where we're still talking about him to this day. Will they still be talking about you when you're gone if Jesus tarries? Hey, I ain't talking about the, the three people. Right? We're not talking about you for boast, but because of the legacy that was left. Right? You got me? Everybody here. So not just waiting for our platform to perform. Right? But utilizing that, that, that ministry moment. The person right in front of your face. So I share this with you. So when I first, uh, young minister, getting into the word, so I got this great revelation. I shared this before, but I think it'll fit here. Uh, great revelation. I was like, man, I ain't never, I ain't heard nobody teach this. So I was like, ooh, I got something ain't no one taught. I ain't heard all these men of God that I've studied and learned. Ain't nobody taught this. This is my baby right here. What? I'm going to wait to, when, hey, when, whenever God gives me a platform, this going to turn it out. And I'm young. I'm young. You know, so that's how I was thinking when I was young, you know. And so time went by, I think like a year, this man of God comes in town. He teaches the exact thing that God gave me. I'm sitting there dumbfounded like, hold on, I ain't shared this with nobody. I was saving this. And God said, I never gave that to you for you. I gave it for, to you for anybody that you encountered at that time. What you holding on to it because you think if you share it with this person, they may take it and blow up with it. You share it with this person, they, so what? Like I ran out of revelation. See, the more you give, you can't beat me giving. The more you give out, the more revelation I'm going to give you. If you hold on to that seed, all you got is that seed. A seed that's not sown has no value. It's just a seed in your pocket. It only gets value when you put it in the dirt. When you sow it into the soil, right? Don't despise small beginnings. So, why don't we do this? Why don't we see the, the, the value of people around us that may may be just as valuable or more valuable than the people that we're running after. You know, I I, I, I said before such and such, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I said before this such and such, they're uh, uh, listed as uh, number seven on the list as most wealthiest person in the world. Suppose the person that you sit next to is about to be number one on the list when, when God grows them into what they're doing. So you're skipping them <laughs> actually to, to chase someone that really is of lesser value. 
But you can't see the value of, of, of the people that God has in front of your face. You got me? So why do we do this thing? And I think it's, uh, and I'm saying this respectfully, but, you know, I think it's immaturity. Because what I've learned is First Peter 2, is it says, uh, if we have these uh, things, you know, all these selfishness and these, these, uh, these vices or things that, that lend to sin, it says you can't see afar off, right? And so you, you know what that means? You can't see the big picture. And what I've learned through 1 Corinthians 13 11, which we repeat here a lot at the church, when I was a child, spake as a child, father, child, understood as a child, when I became a man, I put off childish things. Children are self-centered. You guys have kids? They, listen, like a lot of times kids are not, they are, they're selfish or operating in vainglory and striving for what they want because they can't see outside themselves. But maturity is, so, so we think maturity is, I have a house, I pay bills. No, maturity is you see outside yourself, you consider your audience, you see the big picture. See, when I'm a child, what about me? Feed, hey, change me, feed, you know, feed me, I don't care how hard you work. Listen, y- 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 hey, y'all better get this heat up on in here, it's cold up in here. Like kids don't, hey, 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 open the refrigerator and I notice groceries aren't in here. Uh, they don't know how much they cost. They just know, I got to eat. You know, uh, at our house, uh, one of our houses, our first house, I remember some, my son would come in and out the house, and uh, so, so we were struggling getting our bills paid. All right. it, was, it, was, it was, we were struggling. You know, we had the house, but we struggled. Well, so we had to maintain the heat a certain way. This dude, and, and he had a section of the house that people had custom built, and put baseboard heat in it. He had that thing turned up to high and he never turned it off. You know why? Because he didn't pay the bill. You know why? He wasn't thinking about what it cost. You know, we was budgeting groceries. I would come home like, okay, well, we budgeted, but I set this aside. You know how you set aside that special thing that you want to eat. I come home and be gone. He just walked in the refrigerator just, he, he don't care because he ain't paid for it. Matter of fact, for to him, the toothpaste as far as he's concerned, it was free. Toilet paper was free. Everything was free. He didn't know it was a cost. Like, I'm out there working, well, I think I worked like 50 hours a week at one time. <laughs> I'm working double and triple overtime to make sure this stuff, you know, so, so children are what? Now, he wasn't against me. He was for himself. Because he hadn't matured. Right? He hadn't grown up to look outside of himself. He still was thinking about himself. Like, 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 all right, so, so immaturity, I mean, maturity is growing in the Lord. And it's not fighting against growing up. It's growing in the Lord, not fighting against growing up. Now, now my son is growing up. Like, my, hey, just let you know, if you see this, you're handling your business. I'm proud of you. Right? My son's growing up. Right? Uh, I mean, really, like, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with my son. But, it was a process, right? It was a process. He's kicking and screaming. Now, some of us didn't have a father or mother like uh, Pastor Mel and myself that, that was allowing my son to grow up. Some of us will keep our child under our controls by babying them or whatever the case may be. Like, we won't allow them to grow up. See, growing up is you have to allow them to see what they can do without your help sometimes. Because guess what? 
they can't take you in their pocket on the road. They can't take you to school. They can't take you to college. They can't take you with you in a relationship. So you got to prepare them to deal with stuff as if you're not there. Does that make sense? I mean, I know that doesn't go over great, but it's true. Right? Well, if you don't do that, they're going to still be immature in what? In adult bodies. Okay, so what about the child that rebels? Trips. Man, forget y'all. And leaves the parent's environment. Who are they accountable to? Nobody. Who's growing them? Nobody. You start dealing with people now that, guess what? Their level of maturity is at the last place of their accountability. They left it there. They haven't, they, they, they kept aging, but not maturing. Okay, so, so just keep that in mind. Right, so the scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's starting from a small beginning. As, as things are passed away, he evolves or transforms into a new creature. A level of maturity or, or, you know, the Bible calls it perfection, but it's saying mature, complete, right? Right, so, so, so let's go to James chapter 1. James chapter, y'all follow me? You with me here? All right, so James chapter 1, uh, verse 2. This is a, it's a Bible kid scripture. If you guys remembered, well, verse two it says, "My brother, count it all joy. Count it. It doesn't mean it is joy. It says count it all joy or as joy when you fall into diverse temptations or different tests and trials." Is what that's saying. King James verse. It says, "Knowing this." Now, what do I know? When we always talk about operating the knowing here, knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience. It says, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, complete, or mature, and entire. So it's like, I have all I need. Look, wanting nothing, or another version says, lacking nothing. So the mature are not lacking any level of maturity, or it's not like they see part of the picture, they see the whole picture. They're not operating in the maybe, possibly, they're operating in the knowing. Right? They're not lacking anything. So you can be confident, you can be educated, but you could be immature, lacking a whole lot. And one of the indications is patience. It says, let patience have its perfect work. I remember doing this, this, this skit in the teaching where it was like, we are employed everybody in our life but patience. Patience can't get a job in our life. Patience comes, hey, 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 hey. Uh, I just came for a job. Ho, 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 no, 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 no. Anxiety has already had that position filled. Anxiety has been with me for a long time. Anxiety is actually a long-term employee. I'm used to anxiety. Anxiety messes up, messes up here and there. Or fear, uh, you know, that's, that's anxiety's assistant. You know, they, they, they kind of work together. They've been, they, hey, these are people in my company. Sorry, patience, I don't have a job for you. But this is says that patience have its perfect, complete work. The mature can be patient. What, what do you notice with, with children? No patience. 
None. They got to have it now. If they see something in school that just came out and somebody has it, they want it now. They almost are talking to you like, are you crazy? Everybody else has it. Instead of just being patient. Right? You got that so far? We good? So, so it's talking about to be, to be complete. Right? So we, this is amazing. You, this is how you identify the immature. They rush others, but they don't like to be rushed. See, if they can't see nobody else, they can only see what they want. And the trip is the immature, impatient with people or children asking them questions, but they ask questions all the time. See, because they can't see it, they're asking the questions all the time. They only see they're being asked questions, right? They're offended when you expect change or growth, right? But they're expecting the person that's trying to grow them to change to accommodate their lack of discipline or focus. Like, like somebody might sit there and go, oh, here he go. Talking about being holy, this, that, and the other. What he need to do is this. As soon as they say to themselves what he need to do, they're, they're expecting something, right? Well, the same thing that they're expecting, they're not willing to do. Change. Right? See, the immature can't see past themselves. They only see what's affecting them. They're not seeing how they're affecting others. Right? It's hard to... See, see it's kind of hard to see the big picture. The whole movie about Karate Kid is all about the big picture. See, the small beginners was, hey... So, so I'll bring it up to date. I was going about to do wax on, wax off, but I know that's kind of old for some people. But the newer version, hey, hey, take your coat down, put your, hang your coat up. Put your, hang your coat up. Now, he's supposed to be getting karate lessons. After a while, what happens? Impatience. Man, take your clothes off. Man, I came here for karate, and you telling me to wax on, wax, wax off. I want to put the coat up, hang the coat up, put the coat down. Right, yeah, right. But the whole time he was learning moves. But he was despising small beginnings. Because he couldn't see the big picture. Right? He could, all he could see what was in front of his face. And then, look, he, he had had a humility to just, listen, this dude obviously got skills. He know more than I do. Why are you upset? You don't know what it takes to be that anyway. So why would you think you're not learning it? What is that based on? Your previous experience with teaching somebody karate? Like, I, we deal with it all the time. Hey, no, this is how you should grow me and train me for whatever. Ministry, leadership, stuff like that. You're basing that on what? All your successes in ministry? Or you're uncomfortable or you're impatient with the process. That's called immaturity, right? We good? See, immaturity despises small beginnings. It loses the value of small beginnings, like Karate Kid. The immature can't wait on the Lord. David said, I would have given up unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He said, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. He should strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. He said, be patient. There is nothing we can do to see our dreams come to pass but wait on the Lord. Our job is waiting on the Lord. Our job is waiting on the Lord. See, see the immature are quick to jump out ahead of the spirit with their might and their power. The immature are quick to jump out ahead of the spirit with their might and their power. 
the immature are quick to jump out ahead of the spirit with their might and their power. The scripture says, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Zechariah 4.10. Right? Zechariah 4.10. Right? See, they haven't matured to see the entire battle is the Lord's. The victory's ours, but the battle is the Lord's. First Samuel uh, 17, 46 and 47, when David was doing the whole Goliath thing, he was like, listen, I'm about to show y'all God's going to deliver this, this to us. And everyone here will see today that the battle is the Lord's. So, so all this, <laughs> they done played me. They done did this. Nobody's thinking about me. They forgot me. All that's, 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 see, that's striving and fight. You ain't got to do all that. You got to wait on the Lord. You got to get in his presence. You got to worship God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. And, and if they ain't coming quick enough, press in his presence some more then. See, see, when things don't happen, why are we tempted to put our hands on stuff? As opposed to lift our hands to the Lord. So you see, you know, and the truth is, we've done this over. You tell your kids all the time, like, okay, when are you going to see that don't work? Like, when are you going to see that, like, your kids tr try it a different way? A different relationship, but the same motive. And you say to yourself, when are you going to see your way doesn't work? Guess what? Our kids are a reflection of us. That's what the Lord is trying to tell us. Every time when we open our mouth, listen, I, 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 uh, the, the greatest thing that helped me to grow in my life, I'm still growing, but was working with juveniles. Because when I started to open my mouth, to, see, I had never, look, I had never considered helping nobody. I just worked on me trying to get out of the craziness I was in most of my life. You know, I'm, 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 I'm going to get out of this. I'm, I'm going to be somebody. I worked and toiled. And then I got around these kids and I started to see stuff that they needed to, to change. And when I opened my mouth, I was like, oh my God. Was I like that? Is this what people have been trying to tell me? I changed through having to help someone else. I saw myself when I was trying to help others. Okay. All right. You got me? So the entire battle is the Lord. Be confident in this very thing that he's begun a good work with performing it to the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians 1 6. Our confidence is it, he'll perform it. So, so remember, we started off with David, right? David was our story to start off. David became king, right? We're still talking about David. We started the lineage of Jesus, right? So, somebody that has such a great platform. He didn't have nothing to do with most of the stuff that put him there. David didn't birth Hannah. David didn't allow Hannah to be barren so she would be, it would create a hunger in her to pray with all her heart for a child. And because she was barren, she said, listen, okay, I'll just make, I know enough about how did this thing work that I, I give of myself. I'll vow to forget me and even though I want a child, I'll dedicate that child to the Lord. David was nowhere around. One more. That child was Samuel, who was dedicated to the Lord, became anointed, 
Listen, we know he was powerful because when we read in First uh, Samuel 16, he came into town and said, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you come peaceably? When you come in town, anybody ask you anything? Oh, anybody asking us anything? Okay, I, I'm sorry. I said you. Like, like, we ain't rolling like Samuel. So that means he was powerful and anointed. David had nothing to do with that. David could say, now Samuel, you know I'm about to be born at certain times. You need to be dedicating yourself to the Lord so you can be anointed enough so God can select you to anoint me to be king. David couldn't put his hands on none of that. David didn't, didn't talk. God came to Samuel and said, listen, man, you, you, hey, hey, you spend a little bit too much time worrying about Saul. I know that's your boy, but listen, Saul done lost his mind. I need you to take your oil and go anoint the next king. Yeah, but I can't anoint the next king. Man, Saul will kill me. Man, just go sanctify the people. I'm going to show you who to anoint. David had nothing to do with that. David wasn't even called to be anointed. He wasn't even called. God said, nah, none of these. Look, people jockeyed for position or was working for years or given opportunities over David. Put in position to be king. Went through king training. He wasn't even, he wasn't even at the school. Always sucking up to the king. David couldn't, David couldn't orchestrate favor. But he was the one that was favored of all. Right? Even though it was small beginnings behind, behind the scenes. He was favored off. Was no work. He put in no work. Are we doing that? Are we waiting on the Lord like David? Suppose every time you put your hands on stuff, you delayed your process by, let's say, a year. Every time you put your hands on, how far are you away from your process? It's a thought, right? And so, 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 I'm saying this because we have to, the scripture talks about us evolving, or, but we have to mature to see outside of ourselves, to see the whole picture. We're going to find our, like, like, okay, I'm going to say this respectfully. So, so Marcus knows this because, you know, he edits video, and I used to edit video, but they, they have a, something called snapback, Right? So what you do is you can take uh, a clip, put it on which is called a timeline, next to another clip, and it'll snap. I said snap back, but snap too. So as soon as it's near it, it'll snap too. But I think our life is that way. We've been designed by God, right? When we get around the things of God, when we're locked in, something draws us to snap to it. But guess what? If we're around the way we used to be and what we used to do, something has, if we're closer to that than to God, right? It's like sometimes we snap right back into that same situation. Lean into our own understanding. Hustling. Doing all these different things. Delaying what God has for us. Like, 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 listen. If our job is just to be motivational speakers, if our job is just to be uh, uh, the greatest theorist in the world, some of us are, listen, y'all need to be getting paid some great money. 
Some of us need to be giving Grady some great money. Because we, we, we could talk a good game. But if our job is actually to manifest the will of God, listen, what we talking about tonight, we got to embrace. We got to start to see everything we have is already around us. The Bible says in Genesis, it says, and he was finished with the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them. Jesus, before he died in the seven last words, you know, some of the church, they teach the seven last words. One of them is, it is finished. So Jesus ain't conjuring up nothing. Everything that's, that's designed for your life is all around you. But are you paying attention to every, everything around you that you're supposed to be valuing? Or are you taking it for granted? Because I can't see. Because I'm not maturing. I'm not growing up. I'm still a child. It's all about me. Hey, look at me. Look at me. Look what I did. Hey, hey, hey. You want to try to make me look bad? Nobody thought about me. Nobody cared. No. Why don't we take all, our, all that battle out of our hands? Let God deal with that. Let God make you great. And put all your effort in the kingdom and soaking God up and, and putting God first. Because that's what we're designed to do. That's something we can do and has an impact. All that other stuff. We're not designed to do. We're not even designed to be worried about how we're going to eat and sleep. Right? I mean, doesn't it say in Matthew 6? We got to cross over to really embrace what this small beginnings is all about. See, that, that, that picture has a plant. The end result of that plant is not what it looks like inside that light bulb. It's inside the light bulb for a reason. Hopefully the light's on for us to recognize small beginnings. Right? It's bigger than that. I was going to use an acorn. Because the end result of an acorn is not an acorn. It's an oak tree. <laughs> Look, it's an oak tree. But how many of us have stepped on acorns, kicked them around, thrown them, did skip, you know, skip rocks, skip rocks with acorns, when the whole time what we had in our hand is an oak tree? People stepped on caterpillars when really it was a butterfly. Don't despise small beginnings. All right, that's enough for tonight. Let's uh, let's uh, talk to the people that's online. Uh, you can share what stood out for you, what it made you think about, how were you challenged, uh, what did you realize? Uh, anybody online have a thought? Well, you have a thought, but anybody online care to share?